This coming parsha is Parshat Truma. It's about building the temple. God tells Moses, tell the Jewish people that they want, me, they want them to build me a temple. And the first thing that he speaks about the temple is not about the building, how big the building should be. At that time, it was a portable building. It was in the desert. They were traveling. It's about the furniture. And the first piece of furniture that he's speaking about is the ark. And he says, I want you to build me an ark. And he soon will learn the size, the, 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 how, what are the measurements of the ark. And he says, and I will put in there, I'll give you the two tablets. And you will put the two tablets inside the ark. That's what the beginning of Pasha Tuma is all about. The Pasha of this week's Pasha. Then let's start and we'll get into it. Two sets of tablets. First of all, what we, we, we will, first thing we'll learn is what is in the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant was a box. I don't think it was like a uh, bookcase uh, cabinet. It was a box, and they put inside the box the, the tablets, and they covered it with a, with a, with a gold cover with the two cherubs on top of it. It's a box there in whatever this height, and, and you put inside things. The second set of tablets or, the, or both sets? Very good question. We're going to talk about that right okay. now. Yes. Actually, both oh. sets of tablets. Yeah, it's, a, it's an argument in Jewish law, but in general, it's a both sets of tablets. Go ahead. You shall place into the ark the testimony which I will give you. The testimony, the Torah, which is the testimony between us that I have commanded you the mitzvot written in it. That here it says, it's written that you give the testimony, Rashi says, the Torah, not just the two tablets. As we're going to see in a minute, not only the, the, two, the two sets of tablets were inside the ark, in, uh, but also there was a Torah scroll inside the ark. So the, at that point, the Torah scroll, what, did he start writing it? Or did it just not? started, yeah, okay. but I'm talking about eventually. Rabbi Yosef taught, this teaches us that the tablets and the shards of the shattered tablets were placed in the ark. <laughs> Moses, here you go, you see, becoming a scholar, you don't even realize that. <laughs> little by little. When, you go, when, uh, when Moses came down the first time from Mount Sinai, he broke the tablets. He didn't throw them in the garbage or bury them somewhere. And the tablets were manufactured by God, the stone, and the writing. These tablets, he broke them. But he put them also inside the ark. I actually, the first level, the first la- layer was the broken tablets. In top of it was the complete tablets. I think so. Uh, yeah. The Torah scroll Moses wrote. When Moses finished writing the words of this Torah in a scroll until their very completion, Moses commanded the Levites who carried the Ark of the Covenant of God, saying, Take this Torah scroll and place it alongside the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, and it will be there as a witness. Here, he's talking about the end of Deuteronomy. Then you ask, when was Moses finished to write the, the five books of Moses? By the end, before he passed away. Then he turns to the Levites and he says, put it next to the, to the Ark of the Covenant. Now, next to the Ark, there's two opinions. Some people say it was outside of the Ark and a shelf came out. The other, the other opinion said that it was inside the Ark. And he, and he, he told them to put it in. Moses wrote by himself 13 Torahs. He gave every tribe one Torah. And the Levites, he gave also a Torah. And he told them, you put it in the Ark of the Covenant. You be there for 
preservation. It should, it should never be lost because it's with the Ark of the Covenant together with the Ark was there for, with the Jews for almost a thousand years. And it should be there with them. So the Ark traveled, right? From, sure, the Ark traveled, yeah. Traveled, from, and then even, even after, after the, when they conquered Israel, what happened to it? It stayed in the possession of... There the is two right? opinions. There's two opinions. Before the by the destruction of the first temple, it disappeared. The question is, one opinion says it was, it was taken to Babylon. The other more accepted opinion is, and right before that, maybe 100 years before that, it only, I don't remember exactly, um, a king told the Cohens to take the Ark of the Covenant and to hide it in the tunnels underneath the Temple Mount. King Solomon, when he built the temple, he knew that the temple would be destroyed. That's what my money is explained. And he prepared the tunnels for the Jews to hide the Ark of the Covenant there. Then in essence, when you go now to the, to the Kotel, you're going to the place where is the, two, the, two, the, two, the Ark of the Covenant with the tablets. That's one of the motivations for the Israelis to the digging underneath the, the Ark, the tunnel, the tunnels underneath the Temple Mount. They dream maybe they'll find the Ark. I hope they will not find it because if they find it, it's only Tzoros. Nothing good to come out of it because a Jew, yeah, Jew cannot touch it, and, and it's not good. Then if Hashem, if God covers up something from you, it's better. Don't try to find out what you don't need to know. In any case, then according to what you learn now in the Ark of the Covenant, were the two sets of tablets and a Torah. Okay, you want to read? Top of the page. Alongside the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, it was laid alongside the tablets inside the Ark. Yeah, that's what Rashi said. Moses wrote the entire Torah before his passing in his own hand. He gave a copy to each tribe, and one copy was placed in the Ark as a testimony. As the verse states, take this Torah scroll and place it alongside the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, your God, and it will be there as a witness. Yeah, that's for Maimonides, what I just explained. Then he gave it, in, in his own, he, he himself wrote the Torah. And he gave it to the Levites to put it inside the ark. Okay. Um, you want to continue? The dimensions of the ark and the tablets. Source 5, Exodus. They shall make an ark. Okay, before I have to tell you a little introduction. The dimensions in the Torah. Like here in America, there is a foot and an inch, right? That's basically the dimensions. The same thing is in the Torah, there is also dimensions. But it's called a amo and a tefach. Amo is a foot and a half. And yet, it's usually they say from ear to ear, but depends on the, on the end of a person and so on. This is an amo, like a foot and a half. And there is a tefach, this is an end breadth. There are three inches in a tefach. There's 12 inches, yeah, yeah, yeah. In amo. No, amo is a foot and a half. 18 inches that you, you divided this, there are six tfachim in Amo. That's three inches is a, is a, is a, is a, is a tefah. Then there is tfachim, and six tfachim is a Amo. Just you should understand, Amo and tfachim, that's the way it goes. Okay, so now they, we, they go they ahead. make an arc uh, yeah. of acacia wood, uh, two and a half cubits its length, a cubit and a half its width. And a cubit is Amo. That's what I want to tell you. Cubit is Amo. Amo and a half its depth. You shall overlay it with pure gold from inside and from outside. You shall overlay it. You shall make upon it a golden crown all around. The, the Torah here in, the, in this week's parasha tells us exactly how to make the ark. Two and a half cubits long. 
A cubit and a half wide and a cubit and a half height. The height of it. The commandments, were they six six of these? No, six there was there was six tfachim. Huh? Tfachim is only three Six inches? of this, three, three inches. They were tiny. Though. Yeah. yeah two, uh, I thought they were big and yeah, Moses carried too. them miraculously because they were so heavy. They were heavy. Yeah, this size is good enough. <laughs> two of them is good. It was 12 inches by 12 inches, as you're going to learn in... in uh, no, 12 tfokhim by 12 tfokhim. It's basically... 36, right? 3 feet by 3 feet. Um, no. 3 feet by 3 feet, it was... The tfokhim is 3 inches? Yes. So 12 of them is 36. It's 6 by 6. 6 tfokhim by 6 tfokhim. That's no, what it is. 18 by 18. 18 by 18. What and a half by 4. I'm thinking yeah. here... Um, Raiders of the Lost Ark and all other movies, <laughs> they probably used the correct. Um, That's also the, the show, this? Yeah. yeah. They have a very, very interesting, exactly showing the, the, uh, the angels on the top. Very, very, basically, I mean, I mean. I, 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 is they showed the size of 18 inches by 18 inches or they showed bigger? Yeah, yeah, you saw the movie. Don't remember. Don't remember the movie? What's <laughs> going on here? Look that close. Oh, the ark. Yeah, yeah, the ark was yeah. heavy. Sure, the ark was very heavy. heavy. Very, very heavy. I will arrange my meetings with you there, and I will speak with you from atop the ark cover from between the two cherubim that are upon the ark of the testimony, and that I will command you unto the children of Israel. The voice of God came out from between the two. Babies, the two cherubs who faced each other, right from there came out the voice of, the voice of God. But here we get, we know what, what's going on with the, with the ark, what was inside the ark. Now comes the Talmud. You see, until the Talmud, there was nowhere in the Torah written how, how they looked like, what the shape of the, of the, of the two tablets was. The Talmud is the first one who really discussed how the, the tablet looked like. Okay. Right. Source six. The ark that Moses made was two and a half cubits in length, one and a half cubits wide, and one and a half cubits in depth. These cubits were each comprised of six hammers. And breadth is the tefach, and a cubit is the amon. Okay. Like in depth? Same thing. Yeah. What, width and depth, no, I, the width and height. height and width, yes, but that's the way it's written. Width, wide, height and depth is the same for height. No, no, depth, no, depth is not, height, yeah. But I'm just thinking, Hebrew, it's written comato, height. I think that's what it means, yeah. yeah why it's written, why, why they translate it to depth? It should be written height. Comato. Yeah, I don't understand why they read it and they call it this. Okay. The tablets were six handbreadths in length and six handbreadths in width and three handbreadths deep, placed along the length of the ark. The tablets were put flat. Hello, hi. We have enough chairs here, yeah. Okay. Well, welcome. (laughs) 
We are talking about the Ark of the Covenant, the two tablets that Moses received from God at Mount Sinai. Then he says here, uh, the tablets were uh, 600 length, long, 600 wide. And, oh, again, I want to tell you, they put it, they put, say, let's say this is the tablet, they put it in the box like this, put it down flat. This is uh, 600 uh, wide, 6 by 6. That was square. Put it down one next to the other. That's what you see in the picture, the laying, you understand? Laying next to each other. Then in the bottom was the, the broken set. In top of it was the complete set. And next to it was the, was the Torah. That's the way it went. Okay, continue. Danny, you want to continue top of page four? Okay. The tablets consume 12 handbreadths along with the length of the ark, leaving a free, free, subtracted tefach. Tefach, tefach. Tefach, half it, tefach from either side. For the walls of the ark, and, the le- and that leaves us about two handbreadths. The Torah scrolls were placed in that, this space. Then it means to say like this. We talk about, think, look about in the bottom picture, in the, on the page four, this is the floor of the box, of the, of the ark. There is the two tablets, every one of them takes, in the, in the leg, takes away, takes away six handbreadths. And uh, there is another two, uh, there is left another two handbreadths, left three, in a minute we'll see how. Then they put the, the Torah next to it on the floor, you understand? Is there any significance to the fact that there's no... Handle the second handle. No, okay. no, it's only a picture. Okay. <laughs> no. I see two here, but I see. One. Yes, then <laughs> it's just a picture. Okay. Now that we have covered the arc plan, let us look at the width. The tablets consume six hundred, leaving three inches remaining subtracted tefat for the walls in the either side, and that leaves two hundred, allowing the Torah to be placed inside and removed with ease according to the rabbi man. Okay, then one end is taken for the account of a wall from each side, a half of in this side, half of this side. They still left two end You see, the way the Talmud is treating this, the conversation about the Ark of the Covenant, that every inch is full. There is no, there is no uh, extra space. We made it a little bigger. It's not you're going to the tailor who make you the pants a little longer because you're going to grow. <laughs> it doesn't work like this. Everything has to be perfect. Then they're calculating how, what was the size of the Ark of the Covenant, how the, the, the tablets were inside, what they looked for, and exactly trying to figure out the size. And it says uh, 12 uh, end bread was taken by the two tablets. Another two was the Torah. That was the whole length of the Ark. Okay, uh, you want to continue the bottom there? The arc length. The arc was 15 and It was 15 and breadth long. Read it for a minute. Yeah, go ahead. In length. The From outside, yeah. Go ahead. The tablet dimensions were 6 by 6 for each tablet. So building um, that makes up 12. Doubling that, yeah. Sorry, doubling that makes up 12. Leaving us with 3... Uh, unaccounted for. When we said the arc was 15 by 9, this is the outer dimensions. The arc was measured from the outside, but the walls were uh, 0.5 deep. 
Thus, the remaining space was two embers, and the Torah scroll was placed there. The Torah scroll was exactly there. We fin- soon we finishing with the numbers. Don't worry, we're, we're not <laughs> going, going on. Also gold, also yes, yes, the there were gold inside and gold outside. In the middle was wood. There were like three boxes. The Ark of the Covenant was three boxes. A box of gold inside. They put a box of wood, and top of it they put a box of gold. Then from outside was gold, from inside was gold, and in the middle was wood. That's how it was do- done. It was a very heavy thing because to carry it together with the two tablets, with two sets of tablets, and the Torah was very hard to carry. Why would they make it more portable? It was why are they making it so difficult to move around? Oh, Put then, then the, Talmud, the Talmud says <laughs> that the Ark of the Covenant, <laughs> the Ark of the Covenant was carried only by four, by four um, um, priests. And when you, not only this, when you had to carry that, you couldn't put, your, put, put it behind your back and carry it like this. You had to face the Ark, because the Ark of the Covenant is like God's on earth. The two tablets are there. And they had to go backwards. How you go backwards? And the Talmud says that the Ark of the Covenant carried these carriers. It was miraculously, it was, it was like flooding. To pick this up was very heavy, but later it was easy to walk with it. And that's what the Talmud says. That's the line. The Ark carried its carriers. The carriers told that they're carrying the ark, but really the ark carried them. And the lesson from it is, by the way, when we start to do a new mitzvah, we think it's so hard to go to, to synagogue every Shabbos. Oh, it's so complicated. I have so many things to do. To go to class once a week, it's so hard. The beginning is very hard. You, when you pick this up, it's very hard. But later, it carries you. You got to like it, and you enjoy it, and it picks you up and elevates you. And, you enjoy, and later, two years later, you cannot see yourself how you didn't do it. You don't understand why you didn't do it. And this is the lesson from the ark who carries his carriers. We think we carry the ark. It carries us. And that's what the... But one thing we know for sure, in all these calculations, we know one thing, that everything in the ark was just perfect. Soon we'll, go, we'll get to it why it's so important to us to know what was the size, what was the, the measurement of the, of, the, of the two tablets. I was just about to ask a question because all, we're looking at all these numbers and usually we know the numbers play a big role. It's not just, uh, just happened to be. You know, so absolutely, telling, okay, absolutely. Now we can read it. First of all, read it up. <laughs> yeah. The arc was nine handbreadths wide. One uh, tefah accounted for the depth of walls, which leaves two empty handbreadths. There was necessary, there were necessary for the scroll to be inserted and removed without damaging it. And this is like uh, from from above, right? So yes, yes. Do you have to stick your hand all the way down to pick up the the, the the Torah? The tablets were never taken out from the from the ark. Never. The the Torah maybe sometimes somebody took them out. Because the Torah could become not kosher, because it's, it's no, see, the tablets, how, what were the tablets? There were stones, and engraved on the stone was the, was the Ten Commandments. Something that's engraved can never be erased. Something that's written with ink and parchment can be erased. Moses wrote it with ink and parchment, the Torah, that was written by Moses. But the two tablets were written by God, engraved on the stone, that can never erase. Now, the Jewish people, everyone in his own soul, has not just a Torah, 
that with ink parchment that sometimes is together, sometimes is separate from it. But within every person, the to- that it's like two tablets. The words of God are engraved by us in our shome that we can never erase it. And even no matter how much a person is trying to become um, an atheist or this, or nothing will open. Deep down, there's a connection to Judaism. And, I saw, and we see it so many, many times that everyone has the moment that he wakes up and he connects to God. I just saw a survey in Israel. It was this Friday, at least a survey that a third of the Jewish people in Israel said that since October 7, they became closer to God and, more, and a little more religious. A third, 33%. And especially the young people. That means because somehow there was a connection, a wake-up call. And I see it in America too. I see it in Solon. I don't have to go, I don't have to do a survey. I don't have to pay millions of dollars for surveys. I have my own surveys. But uh, that's, that's, what the, that's, that's why the Torah needed to be checked and needed to be fixed. With the, with the two tablets, they were, they were written by God and uh, engraved. Okay. The ark was 900 deep. One depth was the depth of the walls. Three were consumed by the tablets. Three by the shards of the tablets, leaving two empty. Okay, let's relieve this. Now we'll go to where, where we're going with this. The shape of the tablets. That's what it's all about. It's a matter that religious Jews have been uh, making a mistake about a generational... Uh, you know, if you, if, you, if, you, if you ask everyone in the world how the tablets look like, he will tell you they look in the top round. Yeah. Right? That's a tablet. Oh, it's in the movie, yeah. That's in the movie? In the movie and in every synagogue. Forget about the movie. Everywhere. Yeah, that's, that's, that's how they sell them. <laughs> that's how they sell them. Round in the top. The truth is, if you read what you just read in the Talmud, it's six by six. What is six by six? It's square. Simple. And even in the most religious synagogues, and the front of the ark, and, the, and every... They have it everywhere. It's always round in the top. And that's what the Rebbe is talking about. Then, where is this coming? It's not coming from Jewish places. This round, round the tablets. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm just going to go back a little bit. Jews have been making a, a mistake about for generations already to the point it has become routine. Ironically, this mistake is made by Jewish uh, institutions that promote Torah without compromise. Compromises and the context of emphasizing the uniqueness of the Jewish people. Instead of uh, emphasizing the uniqueness of the Jewish people, they're taking something that comes from a different place. <coughs> Go ahead. You know, though. In order to illustrate the guiding values, these institutions include on their letterhead a representation of the Torah. In the illustration, the tablets are straight on the bottom, but rounded on the top, in the shape of semicircle. However, this shape is contrary to an explicit passage in the Torah. In the, the Talmud? In, in Talmud. In uh, Tractate Babebasa. As well as number of passages in the Midrash. And in the, in the Talmud, it's always nowhere in Jewish tradition is mentioned anything about round. There is not mentioned anywhere. There is not even any... It's not coming from a Jewish place. In the Talmud, what's going on is like this. There is a, throughout the Bible, as long as we had the Ark of the Covenant with us, we never, 
the prophets, the scriptures, nobody says how the tablet looked like. There was never, the Jewish people never even made pictures of the two tablets. No, no, no. Then came the Talmud. The Talmud was written after the the Bible. The Talmud speaks, got in tradition, they knew how the Ark of the Covenant looked like, and they are discussing the whole issue. And the Talmud was written, I would say, a good few hundred years after the Bible, after, after we lost the, the, the first set, the first set of tablets. Give me a minute. Hey, there's a lot of they're going to be sorry now. There's like, uh, it's all kids. I mean, there's so many of them out there. Yeah, they're waiting. There's, 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 there's no way. We got kicked out of there. Another building. We're wandering Didn't do a good job. But I'm used to no one listening. Yeah. Rest in disguise if it's a lot of people who are making that's good and it will be nothing, you know? Much better. By the time I come there, nobody's there. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they felt something is coming. <laughs> something not good. Something strong. Okay, continue. Where are we? Tractate? Yeah, please. Tractate Bhava Batra is one of the seven tractates studied in all Yeshiva. The Talmud states that there are that the tablets were six by six handbreadths. The clear implication is that they were square with straight angles. Moreover, the Talmud states that the tablets consumed in the ark. The use of the word consumed seems strange. Are the tablets consuming the ark? What this means is that the tablets, which were six by six handbreadths, filled the entire space of the ark in which they were placed without leaving any void. This is why the Talmud uses the word consumed because the tablets consumed all of the space. This means that the tablets were square. In addition, there is no source anywhere in the teachings of the sages that implies that the tablets had, tablets had rounded tops. Means to say, wherever you look in Judaism, it was square. Now, why it's so important? It means that the source for the tablets around comes from a Christian place, from a Christian source. You see, and the, the Jewish people... When Christianity came, came around, they adopted the Ten Commandments. You know, there used to be, the Jewish, you know, today we come to services, the prayer book is this thick. It wasn't like this. If you were born younger, uh, years ago, you would be much luckier. It was much, the services were very thin, just two pages. Every few generations they added another page. By now, you were born late, too bad. You want a cell phone, you have to dive in this, this thick book. Used to be two prayers. We used to say the Ten Commandments and the Shema. That used to be. In the time of the temple, the second temple, it's written clearly. Used to read the Ten Commandments every day and the Shema. Today we don't read the Ten Commandments. Why not? Because the early Christians, who were the early Christians? They were Jews. They became Christians. They made the Ten Commandments more important than the rest of the Torah. They said the Ten Commandments is from God. The rest of the Torah is Moses. It's not so important. We don't have to do everything. And the rabbis, to make a point that the Ten Commandments and the Torah is equally, they, stopped, they said that we should stop saying the Ten Commandments every day, that the regular person on the street shouldn't think that only the Ten Commandments is from God. Everything is from God. Then the Christians, because they made the Ten Commandments their main thing, they started to make pictures of the Ten Commandments. It came, it came from them. 
not on the not on a Jewish place. And in the beginning, they also made when they made pictures of the Ten Commandment, they made, uh, they they described it. It was also they did it also square. Later, it became something that they make it round. Around a thousand years ago, in the early publications of the Krishnas, the Ten Commandment is also square. Even by them, I mean the, the two tablets. I'm sorry, the tablets are square. Later, they made it round. Around a thousand years ago, it started. And the problem, and the problem, what happened there is, as I spoke yesterday in the in the in the synagogue, you know, there was by the Germans there was a yellow star to identify the Jews. They did not invent the idea of identifying the Jews to separate them from the other, from the from the community. Henry III, the King of England, in the 13th century, came out with a ruling that every Jew must wear on his on his top uh, piece of clothing by his chest should wear a, uh, something from parchment or from or from material that looks like the Ten Commandment. He should know that he's Jewish, separating him from the Christians from the Christian community. Clearly, that's what he what he writes. He, he said wear something like. We'll looking like Ten Commandments. Looking like Ten Commandments. Despite that they uh, adopted Ten Commandments. Yes. Isn't this unbelievable? Isn't this unbelievable? They adopted the Ten Commandments, but still they knew very well that the Jewish people, they are the first one to get the Ten Commandments. And that became a way to, to uh, insult and to separate the, in right, the Jews from the Christians. That was the language. And listen, um, on less than 100 years later, the Jews were expelled from, from, from England. The England was the first country in the world who expelled the Jews. They started this thing. I mean, the idea of, separate, of identifying the Jews started by, by, the, by the Muslims that are caliphate in the 7th century or the 8th century started to do it. But he used that, this image... And there is an image my, ever, uh, my brother-in-law from England sent me Friday. I have it on the, on the cell phone. And there is an image from the 13th century of the Jews with the, with the two tablets on their short, and it's rounded it up. The image is from then. You understand? Somebody made a, picture, uh, a painting. Then you see that was... Uh, then this is, and later what happened is, over the years it was forgotten it was a Krishna way and with this was they insulted the Jews and used for anti-Semitic purposes. And little by little, during the history, and during um, 500 years ago, something like this, it became more, more uh, common in the Jewish synagogues. Because at that time, the Jews in Europe started to decorate the shuls to make it beautiful. Then what do you, you need some images. Which images are you going to use? You use the two tablets. See, when there is, when you see, when they, they, the archaeological diggings in Israel, they found old synagogues from 2,000 years old, and they have mosaics there. One is in not far from Bet Shean, it's called Bet Alpha. Another one is in Tiberia, not uh, by the Kinneret. They found mosaics, and there is pictures of menorahs, and there is pictures of uh, how Abraham is ready to sacrifice Isaac. There is the zodiacs, many things. You don't see pictures of tablets. Nothing. The Jewish people never... Never had an urge to make an um, image out of the tablet, no, an image of tablets. They don't care. Jewish people, when it came to God and things like God, they tried to shy away from uh, visual ima- images purposely. They probably they didn't know what, what it looked like anyway to begin with, because it was 3,400 years ago. 
Yeah, I mean to say, but uh, 2,000 years ago, 1,800 years ago, the, the Talmud was already there. Sure. I mean, the point is, they didn't, what they mean to say, not this way or not the other way. It was not, no images. I mean, you know, it's two, it's two stones. That's written in the, what's written in the Torah, that God gave two separate stones. That was written. What's not written, how it looks like. The Talmud tells us how it looks like, from tradition, from the Yadet, all the way to Moses, from the size of the ark, from everything together. Then what we, what we, we, we use in the synagogues now is <coughs> something that comes from Christianity. And not only this used to be something to put down the Jews at one point in history. Then you have, here is the, you have something that Jewish tradition tells us, one image, something that comes from the world, from the outside world. Then we're choosing in a synagogue what they say, not what, we, what, not what Jewish tradition tells us. That's a problem. Yeah. How it squared that they adopted Ten Commandments, Christians? Because you're saying Christians adopted, and that's how it went. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, but then, but you're saying Christians, so they already uh, follow the Christ, suppose. Uh, yeah, whatever. yeah. So, but how did uh, they are not like emphasize the Ten Commandments or anything? If you're hearing them, no, right they are, I emphasize the Ten Commandments. Yeah, but then I have my second uh, follow up this one because. I when uh, just a couple of days ago I was listening prayer and it, it was about Ten Commandments all this stuff and he was asking the, uh, one Christian who called kind of like religious good everything said in Ten Commandments one of them is uh, what about Shabbat are you doing a Shabbat or not because it's a one thing which is kind of them that they kind of not not ignoring it some of them but mostly it's like. Like non-existing one, you know. No, they have Sunday. They say Sunday is the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what they say. Yeah. Some group that they only sell. Actually, there's article in Christian. Yeah, there is. A, that's a small group, but even the regular they say they used to be Sunday used to be the Sabbath. I mean, a hundred years ago, all the stores in America were closed on Sunday. That's why for a religious Jew, it was very hard to observe. It's a different calendar, I guess. That's what we're saying, right? So this for them. For them, Sabbath is, is on Sunday, yeah. They start from Monday. That, that's, re- that's really amazing to see that the calendar, the secular calendar, still goes from Sunday to Saturday in one line, right? Even that their week, so to speak, starts from Monday to Sunday. It should be, the line should be sa- Monday all the way to Sunday. Still, in every calendar, it goes from Sunday to, to Saturday, the, the Jewish way. Hmm. And basically, the rest of the world agrees that Shabbat is only on the, on the seventh day that we observe it. But Not on Sunday. You're saying if like any uh, Christian denominations, whatever the, what they have there, they supposedly, if they call the same Christian, they have they kind of say uh, Ten Commandments is the base. Yeah, right? yeah. I remember many years ago, the priest, the pastor from across the street, brought a group of kids to show them the how a synagogue looks like and this. I said, sure, you can bring them. Then. He asked, we should open for him the ark. I opened the ark, I showed him the Torah, and I told him, you know, and this is written, 613 commandments. This kid, what, 613? <laughs> and all the kids all shocked. I told him, you see, you are so... And they, they, they said, we have 10. I told him, you see, you are so lucky, you have only 10. We have 613. <laughs> they, they, they said, that by them, everything is the Ten Commandments, yes. So you, you told them about 613, making sure they will stay where they are? Exactly, <laughs> I don't want to turn them off. I don't need them. 
<laughs> and now it was more to, to, uh, to, to tell them to learn to appreciate us. You know what we have to do? Be careful. Don't complain. I told, I, what I told them, remember now, I told them, don't complain to your pastor that you have Ten Commandments. Here is much more. Mm-hmm. On our 613, I mean, my last question, are they initiated basically based on the Ten Commandments? Based on the Ten Commandments, yes, but that's one thing. That's why the Ten Commandments has 620 letters in the Ten Commandments, because there are 613 biblical mitzvahs and seven rabbinic mitzvahs. Then there is 620 that was a way to show to the Jewish people that they're all, it's all coming from there, it's all connected. Where they, they would say, that's Ten Commandments, that's much easier. Ten Commandments is much simpler. Don't kill, don't steal. 90% of the people don't kill. They don't have opportunities to murder anybody, right? <laughs> Even if they want to. I mean, <laughs> they don't kill. And, uh, and see, I mean, three quarters of the things, if you just believe in God, 90% of the Ten Commandments is easy. Oh, keep Shabbat, you know. The way it's written in the, in the Bible, in the Ten Commandments, keep Shabbat and rest on Shabbat. Sure, he's resting, he's reading a book. What's the big deal? It's not walking. It's not what Shabbat means in Jewish law. Is it known what, uh, what language uh, the Ten Commandments were written yeah. in? Yeah, they're written in Hebrew. And this image you have from England, is, is there any Hebrew on that? Uh, no, just just a picture of the Ten, okay. of the, of the Ten Commandments. Just a, a, an image. Yeah, just an image. Clean. It's not like the yellow star that was written inside Jew. The other study is to write you according to the right uh, language. Also, the school in Connecticut, what's the name of the school that they have exactly? Yale. Yale. Yale, Yale right. has a banner in Hebrew. That's part, yeah. part of their logo, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 100% Hebrew. Yeah, it's the Ten Commandments. I don't think it's the Ten Commandments. No, there's a, the, the, the word that is sitting inside the... They say, the, the, well, so Uri Vitumim, Uri Vitumim. It's a yeah, different thing. And it is not square. It's it like... It's round, 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 round. anti-Semitic, too. The school's anti-Semitic. Okay, <laughs> now we'll go to source number seven. <laughs> Know that the tablets were square, six handbrushes in length, and six inches in width, as the sages explained in the Talmud. Six in width. The tablets were six in length and six in width and three deep. There is a simple explanation for how Jews came to draw the tablets with round tops. Due to anti-Jewish regulations, Jewish books were handled by non-Jewish printers, and they were also subject to censorship by the non-Jewish authorities. The non-Jewish printers and the censors would draw an image of the tablets on the title page or at the beginning of the book, and they would do so in the form that they were accustomed to, with round tops. They probably, what the Rebbe is saying, they used to, the printers were Gentiles, and everything had to be checked by them, like in Russia, like in the, like in, in like today even in China, and uh, and you know me, 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 they were printing a book for Mrs. Case and Miriam's grandmother, and they wanted to print it in China. And the Chinese censor did not allow to print it because they were written things there from stories against Russia from 100 years ago. They, they didn't allow to print the book in China. <coughs> now, here we go. I'm telling you. Of course. Then, uh, then they used to, they probably they wanted to show it's a Jewish book. They made the, the, the tablets in front of it. It's a religious book, so to speak. And they put the tablets the way they wanted. That's how, little by little, they got into the Jewish, into the Jewish community. Continue. Audience that purchased the books didn't care much for the title page and the introductory material. They were focused on studying the contents of the book. As a result, they paid no attention to the fact that the tablets were represented with round rather than flat tops, 
As the generations passed, this shape became standard in Jewish books. This is why I advocated behind the scenes that a certain institution should change the way the tablets are represented on their letterhead, so they should not have rounded tops. At least the next time they print a new batch of letterheads, the image should be with flat top tablets as the Talmud teaches. You see, what happened is, in the last 150 years, it became a religious symbol. The most orthodox institution wanted to show that they are very committed they made in the logo, they put the image of the, of the, of the tablets the way they, they round up. And while it's something that comes from all different souls, and it's, against, and it's against the Talmud, that's the problem. It's against what Jewish, Judaism believes. Go ahead, please. I would like to take this opportunity to raise with you what I have noticed on some of the publications of your party. Tablets with rounded tops. This shape is rooted in non-Jewish culture and contradicts the words of our sages that they were six in length and width and three in depth. In our publications, especially those for children, we are precise in this regard. See, the, uh, and, and the Rebbe started, he started to print a publication in the, in the 1940s. And the, the front of this was like a, a, a picture. This was the top of it. You see in the picture the tablets... He made them squeal. And people, and I remember as a child, I thought, I didn't understand, no, squeal, not squeal, I didn't understand. Later, I read about it, so it was all purposely. It was not a mistake. It was to teach the Jewish kids how, the, how it will really look like, not how, it, how the world is, is depicting it. Okay, what? You want? No, it's, 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 that's what the, just a picture. It's nothing to do with the real thing. You read Ibu? You read Ibu? You read Ibu? Oh, you went, to, you were in Israel. No, but I, I went to Jewish school. Very good. And I took Hebrew college. Very nice, yeah. wow. I didn't know that. Great. Now we'll make, make you a chazan. Can we teach? Okay, you, you want to read All of your actions should be for the sake of heaven, and know God in all your ways. Yet when they illustrate tablets which include the entire Torah and the dictionary, they do so contradict the Talmud. Contrary to Talmud. Mm-hmm. As we have established. Oh, you want yeah, please. As we've, <clears throat> as we've established, according to Talmud, the tablets must have been square, not with round, round tops. This is clearly stated in Tractate Baba Batra, in Tractate Studied in Yeshiva. There is a, there's a rabbi from Beer Shiva, mm-hmm. a follower of Chabad, who recently published a book in which he demonstrates that based on the Talmud, the tablets must have been square without rounded tops. This author concludes by expressing his Mm-hmm. with the common practice of drawing tablets with rounded tops rather than following specifications of tops. The Rebbe spoke about it maybe over the, between letters and, and speak, speeching, speeches about it maybe 10 times over his years of being a, a leader. And it bothered them because the job of a Jewish institution is not to, it's not to, create, to raise rabbis. 
it's to raise Jews, to give them the strong backbone that we have the Jewish way and we don't have to be influenced on the outside. We have to influence the outside. We have to bring them to our way of thinking, not to see an image from them and adapt it. It's all about Jewish pride. Then if it's Jewish pride, you're learning from them how to make the, the, the tablet such an important piece of Judaism, the most important piece. I mean, God gave the two tablets to the Jewish people, and that's, that's what the, the cornerstone of Judaism. And this how to, the image of it we should take from them when it's contradictory to the Jewish tradition, to Jewish belief. Rabbi, hold on. But it sounds like the rabbi brought up this issue by himself, uh, sourcing, I mean, uh, referencing this rabbi from Bishop. So that means before him, no one brought this issue like... To... Before the rabbi. Before the rabbi. Yeah, nobody. Not, uh, I'm telling you... Six rabbi. I, no, no, no. I need to understand. Other, the other rabbis before it was a world of, of anti-Semitism, of communism. There were so many fights. Then how the image of the tablets will look like was not so important. I'll tell you a story. <laughs> but I have a sister-in-law. She's Miriam's sister. My brother and Miriam's sister are married. They live in China. Then she was in the warrior this weekend. She tells a story Then in the beginning when they came to China like 25 years ago, there was no mikveh in Shanghai. She has to fly every time for the mikveh once a month to Hong Kong. Fly. With a baby, you need a visa. You fly to Hong Kong, and the guy by the border asks you, you're coming for one day? Like, mm-hmm. What is wrong with you? And uh, you have a business deal? <laughs> and she had to be staying in a hotel. It was a nightmare. She told the story yesterday. It was an old group there. They wanted to hear something challenges. And then she said she told the story once. And the grandmother, Mrs. Kaysen, was in the, in, the, in the group, in the audience. She came and told her later, Oh, Dini, I feel so bad for you. You had to fly to, to, to Hong Kong, two hours fly, stay in a hotel with a baby. So bad. Come, I'll tell you what makes a challenge. She says, Your mother, Mrs. Kaysen's mother, was a very short woman, small woman. In Russia, they had to go to the mikveh. Then somebody used to break the ice. There was no mikveh. Break the ice in the, in the river. And she used to go. That your mother was such a small woman that she used to go, she used to tie, she was 10 years old, your daughter, she was the oldest, she used to tie her with a robe, she used to go in down, she has to pull her out of the water. <laughs> she didn't sink. <laughs> Can you imagine the stress of a child, she, that if she doesn't sleep strong enough, your mother was a very, literally this size, <laughs> she, she, will, she, will, she, will, she will be lost there. Then she tells your granddaughter, oh, yeah, it's such a time. Mm-hmm. I should feel bad for you. Yeah, but it's less expensive than fly to Hong Kong. <laughs> <laughs> what I mean to say is, until our last generation, we did not have the luxury to deal with these problems. Because it was, the world was so compl- crazy and so hard. Chabad rabbis were, so, were busy fighting communism. And, we, and then it was the Holocaust. And that was every story on earth you could even think about. Probably not fighting communism, surviving communism. That's right, surviving communism. And then it was, maybe if you tell a person a hundred years ago, you know, the, the tablets are not the right way, looked at you, huh? Hmm. This is my problem? That's what you care about. Exactly, we have much bigger problems. But in our generation, I remember as a child, I also thought that the tablets look like a circle. As a child in our synagogue in Nebuch, it was like this. Until I heard that the rabbi speaks about it, I never knew from anything better. I, 
I would think like this is like really was brought to my family. Why, why, why is it so important? Why is it important? Oh, because if we know, then we will read it. We, uh, we, we don't know. No, like, nobody knows. Know square, then we don't know. Does it matter? Until this minute, we didn't know, right? Does it matter? It matters. It will show you in a minute why it matters. Source 9. There's another quote from the Rebbe about it. No, that's um, this rabbi you wrote with the Rebbe is quoting him. Go ahead. Source 9, Be'er Eliyahu. I must note that this practice is foreign to the Jewish tradition. The Christian and non-Jewish artists are the ones that depicted the tablets with brown tops. This shape is not only not ideal, it is best to avoid drawing it that way. Continue. The rabbi, educational importance. The argument made in defense of keeping the round top tablets is that changing them would appear to be a negative statement about our predecessors who presided over institutions that use this representation for many years. This argument has no weight when discussing a matter of educational importance. Children receive certificates from their schools on which the tablets are illustrated with round tops and leads them to believe that this was indeed the shape of the tablets. Later, the children will study the Talmud passage quoted earlier, and he will discover that the impression he had as a result of studying at his school is contrary to the Talmud. As a result, the child loses faith in his teachers and questions even the correct things that they taught him. Then, if you learn, if you find out that your teachers lie to you, basically, then you say maybe they lie to me and more than many other things. They lose credibility. But it's more than that. It's the Jewish pride. What is the right way? You know, for example, there was Michelangelo made a picture, made a, made a sculpture of Moses. And Moses comes down from Mount Sinai and he has, he's holding the tablets in his hand. Actually, the tablets there are square. And he made also, he made in his head, he has two horns, Right? Why came the horns? The horns came because it's written in the Bible that when Moses came down from Mount Sinai, his face was shining. And like he had a beam of light. In Hebrew, the word shining, the word beam, is karan. And the word and the, and the, and the horns is karan, the same word. The same three letters, kuf, reish, nun. And the translator who taught, got the wrong translation, he thought it's a, it's a, it's a part of a body. It's a limb, instead of understanding that it's a beam of light. And then from this came out this, this wrong translation, and this image is all over the world, and until today they think that Jewish people have horns. And as many people in our congregation told me over the years, then students who never met a Jew came and told, asked them if they have horns, and said, can I touch your head? I want to see if, if it's true they don't have horns. Here in Ohio, we don't have to go anywhere else. Then you see when you have something wrong, it's... it's Shows us that there is, there is, you, you, you can have many ramifications on it. That's number one. Number two, it's also important. You know, in Jewish tradition, there is Ashkenazi Jews do things one way, Sephardi Jews do things another way. I mean, man, there is many differences. For example, we are now start, just started the month of Adar. You know, it's a leap year, it's a Jewish leap year. A Jewish leap year, there is two months of Adar. Pesach is much later this year. Because we, for a whole explanation, we're not going to all details, but the bottom line is every two or three years we have a leap year. Two months of, of the, it's the same name, Adar 1 and Adar 2. Then the question is, 
if, you, if somebody died in the month of Adar years ago, and now it comes to Adar, when you observe the Yorzeit, the first Adar or the second Adar? And two weeks ago, or a few weeks ago, I sent out the letters for the Yorzeit. Every month we sent out the Yorzeit letters. A lady calls me and says, Rabbi, you sent me the Yorzeit for my father. It's in two and a half months. What, 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 what is this early? It's the wrong time, the wrong date. I told her, yes, the Sephardi Jews observed the Yorzeit in the second Adar. The Ashkenazi Jews observed the Yorzeit in the first Adar. That's why I sent it by the Ashkenazi costume. She said, when should I observe it? I said, you're Sephardi, your mother, your father was a Sephardi. You observe it in the second Adar. What I want to tell you, there is millions of examples of Ashkenazi costumes and Sephardi costumes. Even within the Ashkenazi Jews, there is many different costumes. You can ask yourself, why all this fight? Let's just do all the Jewish people the same tradition and finish. When you know that's only your tradition, you're much more jealous for this tradition. You're much more protective of this tradition. It's more important to you. We have to educate Jewish kids that their way is the right way. And it's important. Then everything would be important to them. If it's not important, then who cares? Then who cares? Why should they bother? Who oh, cares? This way, this way. Let's go to sleep. Everything, if it's dear to me, it's very important to me. If it's my father's picture and the picture is not the right picture, I said, this is not him. It's impossible it'll be him. I knew him better than anybody. How do you say it's him? It's something that's important to me. I want it to be correct. My house, I need every inch of the house to be, the painting should be the right way, right? If it's not my house, I don't care. It's a little dirty here, a little dirty. I don't care. If, uh, if, the, if the same, I know a builder, he told me many years ago, he stopped building private homes because, because it was impossible. If the window was not perfect, they drove you crazy, they make you take out the window. Mm. And take, he said, in a public building, nobody gets in and starts to measure and looks on the window mm. for two hours to make sure it's correct. There's no woman in the house to stand like this and look at it until, until you see everything. Sometimes it's in the end. <laughs> you, you tell me, I'm here then. There's, there's one. Once I was standing, many years ago, I was standing and looking at the new ark that we got. And I was so excited that everybody else around me started laughing at me. And I'm so obsessed with that. <laughs> but what I mean to say is, when it's important to you, but it's more than that. It's who is the rule, who makes the role? The Jewish tradition, the Talmud, or Christianity? Who you believe to? Who you accept? Who is right? But in the subtle decisions that we make, we're sending a message, a message to our children. My father, after all, yeah, Judaism, Judaism, Judaism. But later, you know, he thinks they're right. They're right. That's a problem. But is it all just about being right? No. That's about everything. Oh, what's your attitude? What's the, what's, the, what's the true tradition? Who you accept and who you believe? You believe the Jewish Masoret, um, the Jewish tradition, or you believe the Christian tradition? Who is more whose opinion is more important in your eyes? The world or, the, or Judaism? That's what it is. I, I get that, but isn't the message in the tablet more important than the shape of it? No, that the shape is... Go ahead. No, I, I understand it's a little bit differently, this whole uh, class. It's a, it's a form of zealousy, right? So, and, and it's, in this particular case, it's the shape of a tablet. But it could be, do you eat kosher or not kosher food at your home? So we, we're having an, an example of a little bit of a zealousy where it actually, you know, the religious Jews trying to express or share with us 
Maybe. No, it's both. No, no, it's Maybe when you accept one thing, when you accept one thing, which is kind of like, hey, we don't care. Then we don't care about other things and other things. So you know. Yeah, where do you stop? And but the Jews kind of likes it. Hey, everything started from us. That's how it was. We shouldn't just give it away. Let's just because of this. And that's why I think Rabbi was saying this, this, and this, and all these combined together. That makes it why it's right or wrong. It also makes the same point of who defines us. Do we allow others? Which is actually a very large discussion today in many areas. So it, it, it becomes important, especially once you know the origin. The dome tablets were a disparaging definition put on us, which we then allowed to be kept in that knowing this was forth. Whereas as we define ourselves, the tablets are square. All of the above, I'll tell you. You know, there is a, a Judaism believed that the world was created 5,784 years ago. Science says the world is 15 billion years. Who you, who you accept, huh? Or maybe more, 50 billion years. Mm-hmm. The, the, the numbers are going up every day more and more and more, just like a inflation, constantly going bigger. Who you believe, what you accept? When by... By the way, the kids, when, they, shh, when the kids are going to, when your kids, the kids, the subtle messages from your kids, what you give, what we give to our children is more important than everything. Do we accept what they think or what we do think is the truth? And it, and it plays out in many, many places. And this is a, an attitude to Judaism. This is the truth. And everything else is, is a new coming idea? Or they have the truth and we are trying to adjust ourselves to their truth? Well, the, the, the other religions were constantly marginalize uh, Judaism and Jews. I mean, they've tried to basically uh, whitewash us out of existence. And they, they, if we, if you, I guess if you let them sort of take this, they'll just take the next thing. It's just, well, that's I understand. What, I had a conversation with a coworker and she thinks that Judaism is a nationality. And I said, it's a religion. Oh, no. I said, where are you getting this from, Google? And so I had to explain to her, how is it that you think Judaism is a nationality? I said, I'm part, uh, 50% British. And I said, you know, is Catholicism a nationality? No. This is what people think. I'll and tell I you, think I'll tell that you. that makes it easier for them to say whatever they want to think, but where are they learning this? No, I'll tell you, Judaism is a, is a combination. It's well, a nationality and a religion. Yeah. Both but of them. anybody could be Jewish. They you're right. Convert. You're right. You're right. But why is Catholicism not a nationality? Catholicism, I don't, I can, I'm not a maven right. in Catholicism, so, but know. I can tell you, Judaism is both. We are coming from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but millions of, of, millions of converts over history joined the Jewish people. Millions and millions. Then but you've got Africans who are Jewish and you have Russians who are Jewish. How is this a nationality? It's a because, 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 the Jews, because the Jewish nation went to different places. It's not a contradiction. You see, this that we care for the Jews in Israel comes from the national side. Christians don't care for Christians who are suffering in a different country. Or Catholicism, they don't care for other people. Muslims don't care. Muslims don't care for Muslims in another country. The Jewish people care for each other because, again, it's a combination. It's a religion, and it's and it's a it's a national it's a nationality. Ah, 
ethnicity more than measure. This issue, we'll finish it. Yeah. <laughs> this issue must therefore be corrected. It should have been, it shouldn't have been dismissed as insignificant. First, minor issues shouldn't be dismissed. And in this, our case, we are discussing the tablet, which by the basis of the entire Torah, whose version is better? There is also an additional concern here. The source of the round chops on top representation of the tablet is a non-Jewish. And contrary to the crown work, when one uses the round chop representation, they are effectively preferring the non-Jewish version over the Jewish version. This matter should be rectified from the now on. It doesn't require much effort because leatherheads, etc., are anyway reprinted from time to time, and just like the name of the president of the institution can be changed, so too can shape of the tablet. So instead of the round tops of the tablet, we'll yeah, that's a story, my friend, and everybody is welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Rabbi, but after the after the rabbit.